has been paid for by the New World Order. Listen up, you blind slap nut. If I can be serious for a minute. This is the Flex Network. <laughs> this is the Flex Network. Flex on them. Flex on everybody. The real reason I came here tonight is because we are live! We flex on Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all the ages, welcome to 2021. Man, looks a little different around here now. Just a little bit different. But you know what? 2021 looking all right for me right now in the world of wrestling because it is Thursday. Welcome to the first show of 2021 of the Wrestling Week in Review show here on the Flex Network, on Facebook, on YouTube, and on the Twitter. We're live in a living color. I am the snowman. I am the man who man handles these airwaves for the wrestling week in review show and boy oh boy what a week i mean literally a week just full of so great action that was just too of wrestling this week man we got a lot of stuff to cover this week we had wrestle kingdom we had raw we had new year smash nxt new year's evil i i literally could not in just enjoy what went down this week i mean it was b-e-a beautiful to say the least of the great action that went down this week but before we get into the recaps and look backs of what went down over the rest of, over the week uh we got some news for you guys to talk about uh make and it, it, there's you know I told you last week it was going to be the last week of the show was going to be no, no real big news other than you know, what happened, you know, the Birdie Lee passing away. But this week we're coming back at you with some news. So uh, let's get into the action itself of what went down. Uh, Jay White. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're going to talk about that with what happened at Wrestle Kingdom in New Japan in a short little bit. But. Uh, Jay White says he is uh, gone. He's done with New Japan after New Year's Dash. Uh, on you know the next night, uh, January uh, 
Eh. The next night on January 6th, uh, he was done after the ma- after New Year's Dash. Uh, he lost with uh, his loss at Wrestle Kingdom night two. Uh, we'll get into that, but he said says he is done with uh, New Japan. We don't know where he's going to go. If he's taking time off, uh, if he's going to be going some to another company or what we don't know what his uh future holds right now um but yeah that's it that's pretty much out for that uh we had uh timothy thatcher if you didn't watch new year's evil for uh nxt you were expecting the fight pit happening with uh, Thatcher and uh, Tommaso Ciampa, but did not happen as Mr. Thatcher is medically unable to compete for the time being. Uh, it, but it has been rescheduled, so when he is medically cleared, uh, they will have the uh, fight pit go down. We just don't know when exactly it'll happen, but when Thatcher is cleared, medically cleared to wrestle and compete, they will have that match. Um, some good, interesting news coming out of AEW. We had uh, Jungle Boy is now getting some new tunes for his entrance. Um, as he's gotten the musical rights to uh, an, an 80s, you know, little number of Tarzan Boy. So that should be, a, you know, interesting entrance for him. Can't wait to see that happening coming out for uh, Jungle Boy. Um, there will, and if you also guys saw, if you also watched New Year's Evil, you guys saw the announcement from Mr. William Regal that there will be a women's NXT Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. We just don't know when exactly it's going to happen, um, but there will be a tag team tournament for the women on the NXT roster which should be freaking awesome to see and we do also know that the first round of the men's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic is going to be coming up uh, this coming week Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit Uh, Mick Foley getting into the swing of things Uh, Posting on social media that, you know, hinting at Mr. Vinnie Mac that maybe he should remove the current president from the WWE Hall of Fame. Um, I'm going to get into this at the end of the show because I, I, I know I'm not, you know, this is a wrestling show. We talk what's been going on in wrestling. I give opinions. You know, and stuff like that. I talk about what's been going on and my opinions on stuff. I I know what's been going on in our country, heck, even, even in my state. So I'm going to save that stuff for the very end because it's going to be somewhat political. And I know I don't want to do that, but it's going to be safe for the very end of the show. Just a warning. Uh, but yeah, uh, McFoley 
hinting at at Mr. McMahon to remove the current press as a member of the WWE Hall of Fame. Take it with a grain of salt right there. Uh, New Japan has has announced that an English-language TV deal is in the works. It could be coming uh, down the pipe at any time soon uh, in the near future, like sometime. We don't know. It will be for the U.S. and the U.K., so that would be very great to see uh, if it's on, you know, if it's on a somewhat of a big network that they can, you know, be a weekly show. Uh, even uh, even if it's like uh, I want to say Ring of Honor, where they're you know, at least in my area, they're on Como, uh, the ABC network on. Friday night, like Friday night slash Saturday night, kind of like midnight-ish over here, but I wouldn't mind, would not mind at all to see New Japan Pro Wrestling on my TV screen uh, in the near future on a, on a cable network over here. That would be freaking awesome. Uh, and speaking of Ring of Honor, um, the villain Marty Scroll is no longer with Ring of Honor. He and Ring of Honor have mutually come to an agreement that they will part ways. Uh, sucks to see the uh, villain go, but that opens the door possibilities for where he may go. Hoping he'll probably go into uh, AEW and reunite with his uh, Bullet Club buddies right there in the the elite, the the elite. Um. And then, of course, speaking of New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, Okada even throwing out an idea, a, a, a great idea, in the near future once we get everything back to normal-ish, where we have a lot of fans in the stands. I'm not just saying some of the fans in the stands, but a lot. Uh, maybe a super show, a super card super show with the big promotions. Um. And this is a, he did an interview with Sports Illustrated, you know, to hype up Wrestle Kingdom. And in, in essence, saying that when the world calms down, uh, calms down, I would love to get, like to get back to the other wrestling companies, to all the wrestling fans in the world who still support us, even in this current situation. New Japan, WWE, AEW, CMLL, AAA, all together. Sounds pretty cool, don't you think? That would be kind of a great idea to do a super card, a super event where you get the best, you know, talents from your roster, you have, you know, from from these companies, and you have a great super card as a as a really great way to say wrestling is here. Wrestling is back. This is a chance for us to give back to you guys who have supported us, who have kept, you know, kept watching us and asking for us to come back in during this pandemic. And we wanted to do something cool with you guys. And if it meant we got to see Okada and Roman Reigns, Randy Orton, uh, Kenny Omega, John Moxley, uh, I'm trying to think of. Like I don't know any AAA, you know, superstars or even uh, CMLL wrestlers, but that would be freaking awesome to see a super show 
with the big promotions. I mean, I know it probably will not happen. I mean, WWE, do, you know, granted, they have said, you know, corporately that, oh, yeah, we would be open to do business with other companies and everything. That's, but realistically, on a realistic view, to say that WWE, AEW, and maybe New Japan, you know, throw that in there, would be willing to do a super show once we get back to a normalcy where we have big crowds, uh, which would be, again, it would be awesome to see, you know, a mixture of, you know, three main events, you know, a main event from WWE, a main event from AEW, a main event from New Japan, and maybe a super main event where you got all three, you know, companies to do a triple threat match, you know, just say. That would be kind of cool. That would sell a lot of tickets. That would sell a lot of subscriptions right there to, to each brand's promotion right there. That's a lot of merchandise sales right there. That's a big money tickets right there. That would be a very great idea down the line. Once we're back to normal and this pandemic has been is under our thumb and we can get some normalcy again. And we can go into big stadiums. Hey, I want to see if, you know, put put that in the Astrodome. I, if they could get the Astrodome, you know, filled up again and, you know, looking right and feeling right, I would believe that would pack Astrodome. There's got to be someone out there be like, you know what? You get, you get the big promotions out there. Give them a great card. Got to see the great talents from all these promotions. You put them in the Astrodome? Oh, yeah. Sell out. I would even be surprised if that broke WrestleMania 17 record. If that was to happen. Or even, uh, I'm like trying to think of another big stadium. Uh, not I wouldn't think Minute Maid. Um, heck, even put that in LA at SoFi, or SoFi Stadium. That would be a freaking sellout right there. But just a, that would be a great idea. Something down the line. Heck, even add NXT in there, they would kill it. Oh, they would kill it instantly right there. Put some NXT talent in there. Oh, oh. I see money. I see a lot of money coming down the pipe. Um. All right. Uh. Couple. One more. Couple. Uh. One more thing or two more things. Um. Rhea Ripley, if you saw New Year's Evil, she did uh, lose in the last woman standing match. And there is rumors floating that she is probably done in NXT. And she's going to be getting the call up to the main roster. And you know what? I uh, What we're hearing is that she'll be called up to Raw and to continue the rivalry with Woo, the Queen Charlotte Flair. I'm I'm interested in that. But again, call-ups nowadays seem to fall flat after a while. They get their rivalry, their main rivalry done and then they go whisper in the wind. So I uh, I feel like Rhea might get lost in the shuffle. 
But I feel like with the women, at least on the women's side, she would get a little bit more attention because unlike the men where they go, they have this one rivalry and then they do sporadic things and then they get lost. At least with the women, there's now a whole lot of things that you know they'll be able to do. I mean, there's a lot of things that they'll be able to do, but uh, it's not like, you know, let's say Apollo Crews, when he got called up, he had a quick run, sporadic, sporadic, tucked away, tucked away, and then brought back up for uh, some stuff, and now he's... Now he's getting in the title picture for the Intercontinental Championship, which will be happening uh, this Friday. Um, but yeah, and then that is going to be it. There is one other little thing, but that will be a part of the Wrestle Kingdom recap, which we're going to go into. So I cannot stress this, this enough. That was the news report. But I cannot stress this enough. If you have not watched Anything on the tube, anything in the wrestling world this week, this is the spoiler alert. Because you know when you hear the woo, woo, it's time for a spoiler. And this is big spoilers because we had a big two-night event. Woo! Say it again, Flair. Woo! This is some big spoilers because Wrestle Kingdom... Two-night event went down January 4th and the 5th. How do I know this? Because I was up midnight to watch both shows. Both nights. It was just so awesome. So sweet. So great. I cannot stress this enough. Check Go back and watch Wrestle Kingdom. Go back. Go on NewJapanWorld.com and order the the replay. Go on Fight and order the replay. It is some of the best action. Period. Even if you haven't heard half the roster, two thirds of the roster, ninety nine percent of the roster, it is still worth the time to invest in watching awesome matches galore but let's get into it night one of wrestle kingdom uh we had a new japan rambo you know for us over here in the states it's royal rumble or battle royal but this time it was with a twist uh a 21 man new japan rumble normally it comes down they tend to bring it down to the final two uh, and they go in a one-on-one match uh, at the end. This time, however, with a the provisional King of Pro Wrestling 2021 trophy on the line, uh, they decided that the final four will qualify for night two in a fatal four-way match for the provisional King of Pro Wrestling 2021 trophy. Uh, 21 wrestlers entered into the match. Our final four competitors were Chase Owens, who started the match, uh, started the night for a, a Bullet Club. Uh, the Rogue General, Bad Luck Fale, a Bullet Club. Uh, Bushi of LJ 
or yeah. L oh sorry, L I J. Los Angeles. Yeah, I cannot say I always say the name wrong for this group it is so bad. Um, and then Toriono, who didn't even get into the ring. He was at, you know, he was walking towards the ring. No, you know, he was the last entry. He's just walking towards the ring. And all of a sudden he gets within what, maybe 10 feet of the ring, and oh, match is over. The last person was thrown out. You guys qualify. I'm like, okay. <laughs> he didn't have to do a damn thing. He had to walk to the ring and it's like, okay, I'm here. Hi. Here's the old, here's last year's trophy. And I'm out of here. I qualify. So Toriano, Bushi, Bala, ba Bad Luck Fale, and Chase Owens qualify for night two for a fatal four-way match for the Provisional King of Wrestling 20. 21 trophy. Uh, and that was on the pre-show. How about that for a pre-show to start? Uh, so main card, we start with a number one contenders match for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship uh, match for night two as it was the, the winner of the Super Junior Tournament and the winner of the Super J Cup tournament. Uh, as Hiromo Ta Tagahashi, the best of the Super Juniors winner, uh, taking on El Fantasmo, the Super J Cup tournament winner, uh, the back-to-back -back champion for the both tournaments. Uh, and this was a great match just to even kick off the main card. Uh, Hiro Hiro Tanahashi and Phantasmo killed it uh, back and forth. Uh, Tanahashi picks up the victory, and he challenges for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title on night two uh, against Bone Soldier, uh, Taiji Ishimoro, and we'll get into that in a small little bit. Uh, G.O.D. Gorillas of Destiny taking on Dangerous Techers for the IWGP Tag Team Titles. Uh, this was an awesome match on its own uh, with Dangerous Techers of Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. bringing the heavy hit and just submission magician general ideas with this team taking on the gorillas of destiny uh tamatonga and tangaloa brothers you know part of that uh samoan lineage and samoan you know family tree line i would say uh it was a great match I highly recommend you guys go and check it out uh gorillas of destiny picking up the victory and becoming seven time IWGP Tag Team Champions, uh, thanks to some Iron Fingers uh, help in their efforts. Uh, IWGP US Championship Challenge Rights Certificate match, as we had Kenta, who was holding on to the briefcase, taking on uh, Satoshi Kujimara. Uh, Winner become you know holds on to the IWGP US title opportunity rights, kind of like money in the bank. Um, 
Great match all on its own. Uh, Kenna picks up the victory and retains. Uh, he now has his set has his sights set on John Moxley and that U.S. title. Uh, we're going to get that title match soon rather than later, uh, and it's going to be great. One on one match: uh, Tangahashi, the ace. Taking on Great Ocon of the Empire. And it was a brutal match, to say the least. Uh, the ace still proven he still got it in you know in this new world of wrestling that has been given to us. Uh Tanahashi picks up the victory and Knocks down the great Ocon a peg or two. Uh, and then another matchup for the Empire uh, as Will Ospreay taking on Okada. The, I would say the proverbial Iron Man of the IW, of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Multiple time IWGP Heavyweight Champions. Uh, championships to his name. Awesome, great matches. Attached to him, five star matches, classics to go back and watch. Even with Kenny Omega, they've been great. Um, and Okada still proving why he is the man. Uh, as these former Chaos members went at it, uh, Will Ospreay coming up short in that matchup. And then main event for night one, it was the IWGP Heavyweight Championship and the IWGP Intercontinental Championship matchup as Tenso Yanaido of Los Ingo Damanables de Japan. I told you, I botched names. That's my gimmick here. Uh, leader and the world champ, the double champ, defending against Kota Ibushi, the G1 tournament winner. And they put on an instant classic. You could not say classic. A 31-minute grueling match. Half hour right there, baby. And I got to give credit where credit's due. For the matches in general, you know, excluding the, the New Japan Rambo, uh, all of the matches on night one, were very well orchestrated, very well planned, and very well detailed. Uh, to the point that they were almost 15, 20-minute matches. The last two matches on night one, over 30 minutes. So you know you had great matches, and you have the company's uh, nod to go 30 minutes or even you know close to 20 minutes if it's going to be you know you know you're going to get a great match out of it and with the crowd you know and again if you go when you go back and watch this and you see the crowd or even if you watched it live and you saw the crowd they were telling you okay with the covid restrictions and everything yes there were fans there they were not allowed to scream hoot, holler. They were not, you know, like like a normal wrestling crowd would be, you know, where you're hearing all these, you know, just, ah, like, let's go. Like, you know, chanting for, you know, uh, 
Ibushi, or you know, at least you know, if there were Americans there, but you get what I'm saying. They were not up in hooting and hollering. They had, you know, like noisemakers, like the like the thunderclaps and stuff like that, you know, with them. They could, you know, clap, you know, to that degree, but they couldn't do like a normal crowd, you know, reaction and everything. But and there was, you know, some moments during the event where, like, you know what? I feel like it, the matches that were going on that they would have gotten a great pop for these, you know, for all these actions and everything. You got that when you saw Okada and Osprey, and you also got that when you saw Abushi and Naito. They literally killed the main event, and the fact that one of these two men was going to win and have to defend the titles again the next night. On night two against Jay White, I don't know how the heck they were going to, you know, even make it through. Especially when you go a thirty-minute match, you know, uh, as you know, with the the main event was a thirty-one point, you know, thirty-one minute and eighteen-second match. So thirty-one minutes, and now you got to go probably do another thirty-minute match, even more on night two. That's a that's just a testament to how well these guys paced and how well they told a story and how well they just did their match. It was great. Uh, but yeah, Abushi, Kota Abushi beats Naito is your new IWGP heavyweight and intercontinental champion uh, for night one. That moves us into night two where the action continues, and we're going to get great matches out of this card. Ah, got to get a little water there, because night two is even better. Night two is even better. Uh, two pre-show matches we had uh, from the stardom, uh, New Japan's women's, you know, com- you know division, uh, Slash company. Uh, we had Queen's Quest a, in a six woman tag taking on Donna Del Mandel. Uh, I'm not going to try their say their names, but six woman tag action. We had uh, Queen's Quest picking up the victory. Uh, and then a tag team match. Uh, we had Donna Del Mondo again, uh, two members from that group taking on uh, Mayu. Itiwano and Tama Nekumu. Again, I butcher names. It's sad. Uh, Dela De Mondo picking up the victory in that. So they went one for one, uh, one for two in the night uh, in the matches that they had on uh, the card. It was great. Uh, main card, fatal four way match to kick off the. Night two action as the final four from the Rumble or the Rambo uh, competing a fatal four way for the provisional King of Pro Wrestling 2021 trophy. Uh, Chase Owens, Bad Luck Fale, Bushi, and Toriano. Balls to the walls. These guys were. It was a it was a short, you know, Graham was a short match, but it was very well done. Didn't need to go over, you know, didn't need to go 10 minutes. 
you had, you know, it's a fail four way. So you had a lot of things that could happen. And you had last year's official winner, you know, at the end of December when they, you know, the final match in December that they had, uh, Toriano beating Bad Luck Fale for the 2020 King of Pro Wrestling Trophy and to be the official recognized champion. And now 2021, you start off with Toriano as the provisional King of Pro Wrestling 2021 champion. And now he has to survive the rest of the year. 12 months or 11 more months to go. One month down, 11 to go for Tor- Toriano to defend and become a two-time ch- King of Pro Wrestling champion um, in two different years. Uh, tag team match coming up for the second match of the night on the main card. Uh, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team titles up for grabs. Uh, Suzuki Gun with El Desperado and Yabushi Kanamaru taking on one or eight uh, in tag team action. Suzuki Gun. Hold on one sec. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, Suzuki Gun picking up the victory in the tag team action. These guys, you know, the crews, you know, the junior heavyweight tag team matchup was great. Uh, f- under 15 minutes, they got a lot of hot, you know, high spots in there a uh, very well received match i liked it very much uh i want to see these guys go out again it was very enjoyable um next matchup on the card was the never open weight championship uh shingo taiji taking on jeff cobb holy monkeys was this a awesome match the never open open the never open weight championship can be you know challenged by a junior heavyweight a heavyweight and the fact that you got two heavyweights and these guys nearly broke out everything in the kitchen sink these guys were tearing down the house at the tokyo dome i'm surprised that the dome still stood after these guys went through each other Holy enchilada. I would say if the if the main event was not match of the night, I would say that the never open weight championship match would be match of the night because of how powerful what these guys were doing to each other. This was a heavy hitters match, and God blew my mind and it was, I'm surprised that the Tokyo Dome was still standing. I can imagine if the crowd could react, you know, besides, you know, the, th- you know, the claps and the, like the thunder sticks, I would bet you those people would be out of their seats, jumping, hooting and hollering for this match. And it was that well performed it was very well done i loved every second of it i want to see this this match again give me that match again and you got money right there uh and of course jeff cobb if you don't know really know about this man you might have seen him before but on a different uh promotion under a mask uh with uh, lucha underground uh 
as Mate Matetsokoito, the the monster. Yeah. There's some for you guys to go back, but dude, this this was a great match. Uh one-on-one match as we had Sonata, former tag team partners, former IWGP tag world tag team league winners, tag team champions going at it as Sonata taking on Evil. Uh for former partners, they knew each other very well and I could not get enough of this match. Just the back and forth. They knew each other's moves. And the one move that Sonata does, I, I find it you know very enjoyable to watch. Just to see him tie up his opponent, you know, with his legs and his arms, turn him on his on his, you know, in a on his knees and just like on, on the on the mats, like, oh, he, he can't move his arms, can't move his legs, like, ah, he's trapped, and then he just gives him a swift kick in the ass. It's like, ah, ah. <laughs> it was very funny to watch. But Sonata looking like he's going to be the next challenger for the IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Championship as he is the one who picked up the victory. And even before we got to, through that match, seeing Dick Togo, member of Bullet Club, as Evil and Dick are members of Bullet Club now uh, since over the summer seeing Dick just get sent through a table just and how he went through was so I don't know what the word I want to use is it was more like you knew how you knew he was going to go through a table the way he acted and went you know went to go through the table like you knew he was going to go and he was like okay I'm waiting waiting I got hit oh. it, was, it was just so comical to to go back and watch it if you find a gif of that it's like oh my god like you cannot tell me that is more that is so obvious like okay great acting skills man give that man the academy award Because we, we did not know he was going to go through a table. Wink, wink. <laughs> Which is so funny. Uh, but the match itself was awesome. Uh, G- IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship is the semi-main event for night two. Uh, Hiro- uh, Tangahashi taking on the champ. Uh, Taiji Ishimoro. Uh, Tangahashi, you know, having a hand injury from night one. And for the junior heavyweight division to be in the semi-main event, which if this was a night, if the, the double championship hadn't been happening uh, since last year, you would normally see the semi-main event be the Intercontinental Championship match. Or the heavyweight title match and the Intercontinental, you know, they would reverse. Uh, but with last year being the first night, uh, the the two main events on night one was the Intercontinental Ch- Championship one-on-one and then the heavyweight title on night one as the main event. The two winners would meet the, the main event on night two. The losers would meet uh, in a one-on-one match. And, we, and I'm telling you this because it's going to play even more into the main event. Um, 
But for the junior heavyweight title to be in the semi-main event on night two, that just shows you the confidence in New Japan for these two men. And what they pulled off in that semi-main event was nothing short of spectacular. If you want to see great cruiserweight action, or sorry, junior heavyweight action, this was a great match to watch. Uh, Tangahashi picking up the victory. He's your new IWGP junior heavyweight champion and bringing the title over back over from, uh, from bullet club to lost Ingo Dabrables de Chapan. Uh, and now the main event and surprisingly the best not match bar none. Under the pretense is that story-wise of the history and how we all got here. You're talking about Kota Ibushi, the current double champion, the heavyweight and intercontinental champion, taking on J- Switchblade, Jay White of Bullet Club. And remember how I was ta- just was talking about, you know, the last year with the double championship setup. Well, night one of last year was Intercontinental Championship of Jay White taking on Tenzo Unido for the Intercontinental Championship. Jay White lost. Shockingly. And then we had Obush, uh, Kota Ibushi taking on Okada for the heavyweight title. With Obushi losing as the G1 tournament winner, he got the heavyweight title shot. He lost. So he moved to face Jay White in a one-on-one match, not for titles, just for, not even respect, more like just to save face for what, for the year that they had. And the fact that in that match, which was third to last, so it was not even the semi-main event. It was the not. It wasn't the main event. It wasn't the semi-main event. It was the sixth match on the card that night, and they went twenty-five minutes, and Jay White pulls out the victory against Coda. Now that was twenty twenty, the beginning of twenty twenty. We go through twenty twenty-one. We have the pandemic. And everything goes, happens. We get to the G1 tournament. Coda wins the G1 tournament. We get to, uh, I think it was Dominion. Coda loses the G1 tournament uh, briefcase, wings, which means he loses the title shot for the main event for the heavyweight and intercontinental championship. Jay's going to wrestle on night two. He's got the guaranteed title shot. Tenzo challenges, not, tells, says he's not defending the title unless he's you know going to defend the titles unless he get, gets a, on night one a, the opportunity to Kota Ibushi as he's earned the title shot by being a G1 tournament winner. They grant that. Kota wins the match. So now, a year later, 
one year later to the day we get the rematch not for champion not for bragging rights not for personal admiration not for you know because they lost and this is their their consolation prize we're talking the main event of night 2 for the double chip for the double gold the heavyweight and intercontinental championships Kota Ibushi as the champion taking on Jay White you cannot tell me that that is a poetic justice of stories right there that 365 days later these two men would meet again and it would be for the world title for the double championships and even though Coda had to go through a 31 minute and 18 second match on night one, and he still had gas in the tank to go up against a fresh Jay White, and they went 48 minutes and five seconds, the longest match in the Tokyo Dome. And that and this match was a classic, an instant classic. So you're telling me I need to go check this match. Yes, I do. And you need to go watch this match. It was unbelievable. You're looking, you know, and this match, I cannot stress this enough, was beautiful. You thought at times Jay White was going to get it. Near the end, Kota was like so close. And then they just keep going back and forth. And they gave everything they had. And this was what wrestling was about. A awesome, beautiful, well-crafted, well-storied matchup. And Kota Ibushi, after the year started last year, one year ago, where he lost the heavyweight title, then he loses to Jay White the next night on night two, wins the G1 tournament over the summer, loses the briefcase to Jay White, defending the, the briefcase. First time in history that's you know someone had lost it. And now main event night one wins it, main event night two. Win, retains the title. It was so great to see. And the fact that they went over, Coda went over, he essentially spent a good hour and 19 minutes in the two nights, he went through hell. An hour and 19 minutes to defend the to win the titles and defend the titles. Instant classics right there. It was just awesome. So go and check, re, go and reorder the pay-per-view. Go on fight.com to order it. Go on newjapanworld.com and order it. it is so well worth your time to go and watch.
I highly recommend. But that's how we start the new year off with New Japan. Killing it. Ah, literally, I couldn't be even more happier. And the fact that the next night, uh, last night was uh, New Year's Dash. Nothing. It was the, essentially the Raw after WrestleMania feel to you know kick off the, to start anew to get things going for the new year. Uh, and it was just mostly tag matches. Nothing really big, you know, happening. Uh, of course, uh, Jay White's, you know, at the press conference at the end of Wrestle Kingdom, saying he was done after New Year's Dash because he's contractually obligated. And then Abushi saying that. You know what? I am requesting that New Japan unify the Intercontinental and the heavyweight titles as he feels that since no one is individually challenging for the belts for either the heavyweight or the Intercontinental Championship, that uh, it's time for the titles to be unified to be one champion. and. While I do feel like, you know what, he does have a point. Maybe unifying them would be a good idea. In the sense that since the double gold was, you know, granted, it's been a year. But uh, you kind of have to give it some leeway as the fact that in the year, things were shut down. Things were thrown out of proportion in chaos. Things were moved aside and plans were screwed up. And I believe that maybe if this if a, if it was a normal year last year, Wrestle Kingdom came and went, and no pandemic and everything went as you know normal. You know, if everything with the Olympics because they had to do uh, the G one tournament early or later because of the Summer Olympics being in Tokyo. I feel like maybe, maybe that the unifying of the golds idea would stick better after a year of the constant defenses. Maybe someone, maybe not going for one title now, but with everything and how many defenses there had, there was of the. Uh, IWGP titles. I don't agree with wholeheartedly with the def- you know with unifying the titles. I just don't agree with it at this point because the two def- you know there was only three defenses. You had, I mean, well, three title changes since last year. Naito winning on night two, both titles. He loses it to Evil in July at Dominion. uh, And he held on to it for 48 days. So, and that was just, you know, and he had one defense. He loses it back to Naito back in later in August, a month later, at Summer Struggle in Jinju. Held that on, held the title for 128 days, so for, 
for Naito, he held it for you know between the two uh, two reigns as double champ. He held it about two, maybe three, three ten, maybe three hundred ten days. If my I, I'm just doing trying to do math in my head, but let's just do it with the calculators. Three seventeen. Okay, so he held on to it for 317 days. Out of the 365 days, he lost the belt once. Or, sorry, twice. He lost it to Evil, taking 40 days off. And then he lost it to Coda to end the year, uh, to end it, or to his last reign at night one. And so, and he's had two, and he's had one defense, and that was night two. So, I am not really in the favor of combining the titles. While that might be a great idea down the line, after you know maybe another year, maybe another two years, depending on if someone wants to split the belts, and maybe okay, you know what? I think the double championship has run its course for the time being. Um, I want to challenge for the intercontinental championship. I just want to challenge for the heavyweight title. But combining them at this point after a year in the way that it has been, I don't agree with it. So that's just my opinion with the double championship and the request for uh, Ibushi has put in with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, but yeah, that's going to be it for New Japan Pro Wrestling stuff. Uh, let's get into... What's been going on on this side of the world? Uh, let's get into what's been going on on Raw. And I'm going to have an opinion about something that went down. As We had Legends Night on Monday Night Raw this past week. Uh, and we had a lot, some, a lot of great action uh, on Monday. Uh, tag team matchup between the New Day, The Miz, and Morrison. Uh, New Day picking up the victory. Uh, AJ Styles taking on Elias. Elias losing to AJ Styles. Uh, and Elias's buddy, you know, new buddy right now, Jackson Ryder, trying to get a swing on, on AJ Styles with the guitar. Yeah, AJ Styles' big muscle jump kicks or really gets his leg up and just prevents that and shocks the hell out of a lot of people. It's like, damn, man. That was an interesting point right there. Um, women's tag match. We had Lacey and Peyton beating the the women's tag champs in Asuka and Charlotte. Uh, I don't know what Lacey's thinking with trying to woo uh, old Flair, uh, Ric Flair, Daddy Flair, I should say. Uh, maybe it's just a mess with Charlotte, try to throw her off her game, but I don't know. Uh, Riddle taking on Bobby Lashley. Riddle picking up the victory, looking like he might be in line for a U.S. title opportunity. Uh, Dana Brooke losing to Shayna Baszler in one-on-one -on -one action. Uh, Randy Orton trying to go on a. I want to. I don't even want to call it a a goading situation with the legends trying to get them to attack him, fight him, whatever. Uh throughout the night messing with uh, Big Show trying to get him to fight him 
messing with a not a walking roll, but rolling uh, Hall of Pain, World's Strongest Man, Mark Henry, and trying to pick things back up with Ric Flair again. I don't know why, uh, but beating Jeff Hardy in their matchup. Uh, tag team action with Lucha House Party taking on the Hurt Business, the Raw Tag Team Champions, and there looks to be some problems in the Hurt Business with the tag titles. Uh, yeah, uh, that's going to be very interesting to watch and to see what's going to be happening with those guys. Uh, and then main event, Drew McIntyre taking on Keith Lee for the WWE Championship. This was a great match. Uh, bar none. Uh, I would not say... I would actually have to say for Raw, that was its best match of 2021 so far. And we're, they were four days into Raw, so into the new year. So that's your be that's your benchmark, guys. The WWE Championship right matchup right there. And then after Drew McIntyre retains uh, and a great effort by Keith, Keith Lee, I want to see that match again. Put down to pay-per-view. I want to see it. Uh, Drew gets challenged by the monster, the man, Goldberg, for the Rumble. And while a lot of people have been bashing this idea and bashing the thought of a Goldberg key, uh, Drew McIntyre matchup, I'm kind of intrigued a little. I would not mind to see how well Drew Sorry about that. I would not mind to see how Drew is going to handle Goldberg. If Goldberg's, if Drew's going to make Goldberg wrestle his style match and go longer, or if it's just going to be another Goldberg uh, spear, jackhammer, spear again, jackhammer, and then peace out kind of match. But again, I would probably think it's going to be more of a Drew McIntyre style where it's going to be longer and maybe even more interesting. Again, with everything being on paper, a Goldberg versus Drew McIntyre match, I'm not going to bash it yet until after I've seen it. Now, if it was worth the time and effort to uh, surprise everyone on the first Raw of the new year and make a make Goldberg taking on Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship at the Royal Rumble and the match doesn't live up to what a lot of people are drawing in their heads, then, yeah, probably a waste of time. And, again, it just shows what WWE is capable of for what they were thinking of. Um, but I'm going to have – I have an opinion of what's going to – you know, for something that happened after all on Raw Talk. And this is another, this is going to be another rant. So I'm sorry about this, guys. I'm going to have, I've had three rants. I had New Japan rant, and now I'm going to have the Raw rant, which, you know, for WWE. Um, if you guys checked out, and I'm going to drop this down because this, this is a serious talk. This is a serious moment. Um, if you guys saw on YouTube or on Raw Talk, uh, on the WWE Network, you saw 
Mustafa Ali. Kind of in a pissy mode. And I'm going to, and for my rant right now, I'm just going to play off of the fact that it might be a, just a shoot, or it may be a shoot, it may be uh, a legitimate, you know, shoot slash promo for, you know, trying to get more time and trying to get people more interested in retribution. And, you know, just to, you know, to hook people in like, oh, you say, you know, let's watch more. But also maybe a shoot. Like, this is legitimately what he is saying. Uh, If you saw and you heard, and let me read you his quote. I'm agitated. I'm angry, but most of all confused. We dedicated a three-hour show to old has-beens. You want to call them legends. Call them whatever. They've had their time. A night like like tonight is exactly what is wrong with this company. Three hours to guys who can barely walk. I know exactly that the generation before me paved the way, but when when the hell are you going to let me walk on the path? Guys like Drew Gulak, Tozawa, myself, all of Retribution, not on the show. Why? Because we want we want to hear what you're gonna do, brother. Again, for the seventh millionth time. Why don't you guys give us a chance? People that can contribute to this business, further this company. But no, let's no, no, let's push them aside, all aside. Let's give three hours to people that can barely walk. They carved the path. When do I get to walk on the path? Okay. Thoughts on this. Number one. As, you know, with, you know, the aspect of why are we giving these guys who are no longer wrestling, who can barely walk three hours? Well, number one, Mr. Ali, because they are people that they are the people that pe- that the fans want to see. You tell a fan that you're going to see Stone Cold Steve Austin, you're going to see Mick Foley, you're going to see um, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, Kane, Hogan, uh, shoot, Mickey James, Alicia Fox, Melina. You tell people. That they're going to be on a sh- on Raw, SmackDown. They're going to be at the pay-per-view. Or they're going to be on NXT to do something, to make an appearance. You're going to get people to tune in. Because people know them. They have seen them before. They have they've obviously have become fans of them. They have, vest- they have invested time to say that they are fans of that wrestler. That is why, number one. But number two, the fact that the people are not interested in seeing what the current roster has to offer. They would rather watch the people that they know, the know, the people that they can say, when I watch them, I know I'm going to get something entertaining. I'm going to get something good out of them. If it's a laugh, 
a chuckle, a ooh moment from them. Or just a, hey, there's there's Mickey James. We get to, see, you know, it's awesome. We get to see her. She looks great. Uh, we get to see Mark Henry. Oh, he's had surgery? Oh, that sucks. But you know what? At least it's, you know, at least when he gets off, you know, gets healed up, he'll be, you know, good as new. Or, you know, get to see Ron Simmons again with another damn moment. But these are people we all love to watch. We all love to see if it's, you know, even if it's on the outside, we want to, you know, we want to see them because they've earned the, these people have earned the right to have, you know, some time on the show. They've earned it. They they busted their ass. They put in the work and did everything, you know, at least in the fans' eyes, to earn their respect and earn, you know, a small part on the show. If it's, you know, to come in, say hi, promote something, you know, you know, stunning with Steve Austin, you know, something to that degree. But for the aspect of seeing, you know, why don't we get, why don't you give us a chance? People that can contribute to this business, further this company, but no. Here's the problem. Obviously, A, the people and the numbers have been showing that when you, that when a certain, you know, when people are, on you know at a certain time or when that talent is on people tend to turn to turn off their tv and be like this i should i should have just done this you know bye-bye but no the fact that retribution has had opportunities since they debuted. You've had opportunities since you, you know, with Richard, you know, at least right now, I'm saying with Retribution. You've had opportunities to show us what you got, to do, you know, to do things. And so far, you've hit nothing but bunts and struck out. You have. Swung and missed, or you've got, you know, you barely got been tagged out at first. I'm using baseball references on this because I'm that's just how uh, how I'm rolling with this. Drew Gulak, yeah, he's had, you know, he's had some good moments. Akira Tozawa, he's been doing great, you know, some good stuff for the 24 7 title. But again, it's the fact that. The time you've been given, it's either been squandered or it's been not well-received to the point of viewership and to the point of merchandise sales or even to the better yet of, man, you know, people on on Twitter, on Facebook, when, you know, during the sh live show, when they're saying, oh, man, Retribution has just been horrible. Why are we seeing this? You know, it's boring. Or, you know, why are we seeing retribution uh, again? You know, do you know, they're sick doing this and they're, it's boring. It's it's not doing anything. I would rather watch this. So I don't know if it 
what your mindset is, Ali, but if it's if it was a legitimate shoot where of this is your feelings about the legends, then you really need to go back and watch what's been going on since retribution's been on and tell me uh, and tell yourself honestly is it is it really that bad or if it, if it's or is it just me being too close to it and i'm like you know what it's not and i'm saying oh yeah it's been great you know good it's not been great but it's been good uh but you also need to take a step back and be like okay you know what it's not being well received Things are getting are being confused, you know, confusing with the group to where one week we're losing a you know our first match we lose by disqualification, and then at, a week later we're talking again and like we you know you know revealed that we're uh, that I was the SmackDown hacker and I know all your secrets and blah blah. You know stuff like that, and then the next week you lose another matchup, another six man tag. You lose cleanly, and then you just lose and you lose and you lose. Maybe you win a, a match at a certain point, but you look weak to the viewers when you are doing stuff that is just. Not in the mindset of a group that's supposed to be taking over the company. That's supposed to be changing the company. You look weak. Especially the fact of your look. The fact that you have a guy named T-Bar. You have a guy named Mace, Crowbar, whatever. And you look like freaking Batman Beyond or Batman Beginnings, The Dark Knight uh, Rejects. It would have been so much better if you came in with the mask. You took it off. Wrestle. You didn't wrestle with the masks on, and you didn't. And the guy, the people you were working with, are you know threatening and you know winning matches, even if it's by disqualification. You're winning matches, you know, sneakily. You're being villains, but you're not winning the matches that you should have been. Your first match, you should have. You should have won. If you're supposed to be this menacing group, should have distracted the referee, and especially against the hurt business, you should have, you know, lied, cheat, and stealed, and been doing all these things. But you didn't. You were getting your butts whooped. You decide, oh, we're going to just a gang attack, disqualification. You lose. That makes you look weak. Your next six man attack match, you lose clean. And that just makes you worse. So there's no faith in the with the fans at least. There's no faith to say, oh, you guys are uh are gonna be the futures of this company. You guys are gonna be taking it to new heights. You guys are gonna be, you know, we're gonna give you a lot of time on TV so you can get, you know, do more things. The fans' eyes, we've lost, you've lost. There needs to be a major change, a major attitude change. Or something. And maybe if the what happened on Raw was the attitude change, at least in you know, like, okay, you know what? We're tired of the the stuff that's going on. We're tired of you know the fact that you gave and give legends three out about a three hour show. Uh I mean, granted, 
a majority of the three hours to be on air instead of me and Retribution or Akira or Drew or, you know, I'm trying to think of someone else uh, off the top of my head, you know, or even even in the women's division. Uh, Naomi, you're given more time for, you know, Dana Brooke and, I mean, not for Dana Brooke and uh, Manny Rose. You're given more time to these people than to the people who are in the back. And then we're going to change our attitude. Then that could be believable to where, Okay, you know what? Like the Miz promo where he cut on Daniel Bryan about, you know, he's been doing this for years and everything, you know, it changed his, it changed the view for him and it changed a lot of things with him being the Intercontinental Championship. And that promo went on to ignite a lot of things for that, for the Miz for the year. So if this is that attitude change for Ali and Retribution, you know, to vent and it leads to better things for retribution and better quality matches better quality you know time on air then great but if it's just you know to bitch and whine and moan about the fact that you weren't on tv and these legends who can't even walk were on tv what does that say about you and what you're doing what does that say about you and how you are handling matches and doing what you're doing in matches that's just my opinion on that. I need to get off that uh, retribution because, again, uh, nothing interesting to happen with retribution. It, it, I feel like they've fallen short of what they could have been. But they've, instead of what they could have been, it's more like a running joke with these guys, unfortunately. Until something's changed. I mean, Grant, they're trying to go after uh, Ricochet and bring him into the group. But I think if they bring him in, if they put a mask on him, it's going to be looking stupid. Just the way that they've been operating. But, all right. That was raw, in my opinion, with Retribution and everything with the Ali situation. But uh, moving on, let's get on to NXT quickly. Uh, we'll go through what happened at New Year's Evil. Uh, Carrying across, taking on Damian Priest in one-on-one -on -one action that, to kick off the night was a awesome, uh, hard-hitting match between these between these two Bohemians. Carrying uh, Cross picks up the victory over Priest. Uh, the interim Cruiserweight Championship was on the line. Uh, Santos Escobar taking on Grand Metalik. Uh, Escobar picking up the victory. Uh, to retain his interim cruiserweight championship. Remember, he's the interim cruiserweight champ. Uh, the real champ is over at NXT UK in Devlin. Can't wait to travel gets a lot better for international so that they can come back over and we can actually get the real cruiserweight championship decided. Uh, Zeely making her return uh, after promo months of promos and being gone. And getting these intense training and torture montages on the show. Uh, Zia Lee picks up the victory on uh, Katrina Cortez. Uh, looking great on that match. Uh, last woman standing. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez taking on Rhea Ripley. This was brutal. In the sense, for the last woman standing. Uh, for these two 
giant. Hello. Uh, these giant women. Uh, Raquel picking up the victory in a crazy last woman standing. Uh, an impromptu mixed tag match because of the fight pit being 86 for the night. Uh, Kushida and Shotzi, a.k.a. Kushatsi, taking on the way. And again, every time I swear. Oh, I, I don't even have the I don't have the, the clip for you guys, but every time I hear, you know, the Johnny Gargano, Chancellor Ray, Austin Theory, and Indy, uh, and the group's name, The Way, I just think, where were they going without ever knowing The Way? That's all I just hear. I, I see it and I hear it. The Way. That's all I think about when I hear that group, those guys come out. It's like, oh, it's The Way. It's like, Oh god, where were they going without ever knowing the way? Damn. Um, mixed tag match. It was fun to watch. Uh Kushatsi picks up the victory in this mixed tag match. And then main event, NXT championship on the line. Finn Balor defending against Kyle O'Reilly in their epic rematch from NXT 31. Actually, was it 30 NXT 31? Uh, I want to say it was 31, but maybe it was, yeah, 31, NXT TakeOver 31. That was a classic, and their rematch was even better. Oh, man, another knockdown drag him out match right there. Finn Balor uh, brought it to Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly had to tap out. Uh, and Finn retains in a somewhat of a bloody little, you know, cut above his eyebrow, bloody mess. Uh, Kyle, both of, both of them had to get checked out again at the hospital. So you know that I would not be surprised if we get a third match. And even even if it's at the February pay per view next month, uh, hopefully they name that takeover Saint Valentine's Day Massacre because it will take place on Valentine's Day. They have a golden opportunity to name, to name takeover uh, in February as St. Valentine's Day Massacre. That would be awesome. Uh, but we do know next week we're going to start the tag team uh, tournament, uh, the Dusty Cup, the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, uh, as the Grizzled Young Vets will take on Everrise in a first-round matchup and Undisputed Era in Adam Cole, Bayley, and... Roderick Strong taking on Breezango. Uh, we also know the other teams in the tournament. We know Legardo Dan Fantasmo will be in it. Everize will be in it. Breezango Imperium will be in it. Uh, Drake Maverick and Killian Dane will be in it. Uh, Kurt Stallion and August Gray uh, will be in it. And Undisputed Era will be in it as well. So that is your field for the tag team classic uh two four two four so two four, seven no seven teams one two three four five six yeah seven teams now uh, we might have an eighth i don't know but it might be a surprise yeah there there's probably one more tag team if we're gonna have if it's gonna be you're gonna need an eight team uh probably a surprise 
We'll find out later. Uh, I just had to make sure my math is correct on the tag teams. Uh, let's head on over to AEW uh, and talk what's going, what went down at New Year's Smash Night One that was supposed to be happening. That was supposed to happen uh, the final show of last year, but because of Brody Lee's tribute, that got pushed to this past this last night, uh, and it was great to see. Great to watch. Uh, the Young Bucks and SCU in eight-man tag taking on the acclaimed and hybrid two. Uh, they pick up the victory. And, of course, we know that SCU, uh, Daniels, and Kazarian, if they lose another match, they're done as a tag team forever. Uh, and they are looking to challenge the Young Bucks for the tag titles. That will be an instant classic right there. Uh, the battle of the Bohemians in the inner circle, Wardlow and Jake Hager going at it. Great match right there. Uh, Wardlow picking up the victory over Jake Hager. Uh, Cody taking on Matt Seidel. And we had a surprise appearance of, well, not really a surprise, but we knew it was he was there. But we had Snoop Dogg, big Snoop, uh, you know, accompany Cody, do a remix of Cody's theme. And even after the match, we got a big old splash from Big Snoop Dogg. Uh, and that was a surprise. It was like, okay, Snoop. I mean, I, we get your fam is in the WWE and you've been, you know, you're a fan and everything. But you're going to do a splash? Okay. Uh, but Cody picks up the victory. Uh, and then the... Two title, one of the two titles on the line of the night. We had the AEW women's title on the line. Harukashida taking on Abaddon, and they threw everything at each other in this match. Uh, Shida picks up the victory and retains the AEW women's championship. And then main event for the AEW world title as Kenny Omega and Ray Phoenix went at it, and boy. You're talking match of the night for actually match of the year so far for 2021. Phoenix and Omega destroyed the place. Uh, if that building was had any foundation left, it would have been crumbled because of the sheer action, the sheer energy that these guys put on. You had reversals, kickouts, and everything being thrown at these guys. It was unbelievable. Uh, unfortunately for Phoenix, he falls short in capturing the AEW world title. Kenny Omega retains. And afterwards, Moxley comes on out with a barbed wire bat and decides he needs to take some batting practice on Mr. Omega. Uh, but before he could do some real damage, we got a surprise in some tag team champions from another company coming on in and causing destruction in Gallows and Anderson coming in and attacking Omega or attacking uh, Mox, helping his their buddy Omega. And they cleaned house. And some other uh, members of the All Elite Wrestling roster tried to come in and stop, but they were met at the door with in the, at the ring with 
Anderson, Gallows, and Omega just cleaning house. Omega taking some swings with that barbed wire bat on Mox. Uh, the end, we had Omega, uh, we had the Young Bucks coming on out, and they're like, what's going on? What are you guys doing? And at the end of it all, we got the the sign of the the not even the club, but just the the bullet club, the elite coming on out, and they were all up in arms, and they signaled that, yeah, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do it right because it is for life. But yeah, literally, bullet club is just for, 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 for life. Right there, Bullet Club, right there, and it was great, a shocking way to end the show. I mean, granted, we know that Gallus and Anderson and Kenny are going to be teaming up at Impact for uh, Hard to Kill and and Six Man Tag. That is going to be great to see uh, for Impact. But that got me wondering. Again, one one more rampant for the big for the last rant of the night. That got me thinking with Anderson Gallows coming on over to Impact. And I know, you know, with Kenny going over to Impact to do stuff over there. And it has got me wondering if Impact and AEW are going to have this mutual relationship and everything and work, you know, do some stuff together. I think it would probably be better for Impact as a whole to allow AEW to buy the company, to buy a impact wrestling and absorb their talent. Now I know someone's going to comment, you know, do a comment uh, or drop a line on Twitter and say, well, that would be a bad idea, you know, or that would be a great idea. Or actually, that would be a very bad idea because then you're talking about a company going out of business. But just let me let me hear me out before you pass judgment. Think about it. Impact Wrestling right now is being shown on Access TV. Not everyone in the country has Access TV. The only other spot to get it is on Twitter or on Twitch, and they. Depending on what they're do, what they're doing on Twitch, uh, what the show's going to be doing, they may get you know a bit you know depending on what they do. Remember what when Rob Van Dam had to get uh, was doing a something with his girlfriends at the time, and that got them banned off Twitch because of the content that they were doing. I feel like again with. The content that Impact, you know, I mean, granted, they now know what they can and can't do on Twitch. But, again, if they get into a situation, again, where they do something on Twitch, you know, that's not appropriate and whatnot because everyone can go on and watch on Twitch. And they can get a ban. They can get you know, their account shut down and stuff, stuff like that. And then you lose that mark, that area to do promotions. So. I think it would probably be better if AEW was to buy imp- buy TNA slash Impact Wrestling from whoever owns them at the time right now. Uh, 
and they absorb their talent. They absorb the Impact Wrestling brand, uh, which is owned by, uh, I'm trying to find, see who's running, or the owners, Anthem Sports. Anthem Sports, who's 95% owner, or Anthem Sports and Entertainment is the majority owner, and Dixie Carter is 5% minority owner. If they were to buy out Impact Wrestling, and oh, and everything, all the copyrights and everything, the library and everything, and the names and everything, and absorbed it into AEW. Do you know how much bigger AEW will be? And the fact that they're on a nationally broadcast t television station, TNT, they would have no problem getting a second brand, whether it be on on TNT or TBS for a second show, maybe on a Tuesday night where, you know, if I believe that they're that TNA is on Tuesdays, if I remember correctly, uh, they're on Tuesdays, but again, that would be so much better than trying to come up with a new brand and yeah they're they'll get more exposure for their their talent their current talent if they do create another show and you know besides a AEW dark which is on youtube and um, they've been doing great on that you can go check that out but again with absorbing the talent from AEW and absorbing the talent from impact you're going to get a great knockouts division you're going to add that to your division and that's going to be an awesome working knockouts or sorry women's division right there we can take out the knockouts mantra and you're gonna have great talent there you're gonna have a a, a, a more add on more tag teams you're gonna add on more single stars and you will have the ability to do more shows you know, and have another split brand like WWE in the essence, because then you'll have two shows, one on Wednesday night, one on Tuesday night, or one on, you know, depending on what they're thinking. And you will have a lot more viewers, I would think, because you're going to get the, the people from Impact who just watch Impact or who know the impact roster and they you know what like and watch them and everything you're going to get them to come over full time to AEW and that'll be great i believe that'll be great for business because impact only broadcasts on access and that's a on various outlets everywhere it's not like TNT where they're nationally broadcast and i think that would be great to see and you'll have two brands that you could or you could do two shows a guaranteed two shows uh, a week with split the talent one show one show they'll do cross and that's just the thing with that so that's just my opinion with the whole impact in AEW and right now it seems to be working with obviously with uh, Bullet Club coming in <laughs> right there to sweet uh, and then we do know so here's the, the card for next week that we know of uh, a EWTNT Championship is on the line. Darby Allen taking on Brian Cage. Uh, Pac taking on Kingston. Britt Baker taking on Thunder Rosa. 
uh, Miro versus Chucky T and Jurassic Express taking on FTR. At least that was what I had on the last time I checked for the last uh, update for next week's card. Uh, but that is going to be it for AEW. All in all, we're done with the wrestling portion of this, but I promised and I said I was going to have one final rant before I head out. And I'm just warning you right now if if you're sensitive to this inf- you know to this topic, I understand. This is just I'm just going to be reacting to what's been going on in the real world outside of wrestling. Yes. You can't turn on TV, you can't turn on you know, can't go on social media, you can't go on even on YouTube and not see and hear what's going on or what went happened at the Capitol yesterday even in my state in Washington state, you know, hearing that people are going to the lengths of busting down and try, getting into the governor's mansion area up there in Olympia and what's going on at the state capitol in Washington, D.C. And with uh, McFoley chiming in and saying uh, to, on social media, need to remove, hey Vince, need to re- I think you should remove Donald Trump from the RWWE Hall of Fame. What happened yesterday is very sad. Very not not really even to the degree of any sense of sanity. Because you have people that are pissed off. You have people that are bitching, whining, complaining, crying. That a pres a current sitting president is not going to be the president anymore. He lost an election during a global pandemic, and then everything that went into ch- trying to change the rules and you know, of how everyone was trying to vote and claiming voter fraud, claiming this and that. Lost an election. He lost. Plain and simple. He had he has had opportunities to challenge. He lost those challenges. And it's official. Yesterday, the Senate and the House confirmed the election. The election. He is no longer. Donald Trump will no longer be the president of the United States in 13 days as he will transfer power over to Joe Biden. The fact that yesterday we had four people, uh, maybe even uh, edited, to have three people dead. One is an officer who is on life support at the the Capitol because of protesters breaking in to the Capitol trying to do whatever they, you know, protest or whatnot, whatever they were going to do. The fact that you, they did that is so 
disrespectful, distasteful, and disheartening to the fact that you have people that believe in their hearts, in their minds, in their souls that their pre- that their current sitting president is no longer going to be their president. It is shameful that they went to this length to do this. I am understandable that you want to protest. You want to be on the sidewalk. You want to be in the streets and you want to be peacefully protesting that. Yes, maybe he, his, the presidency was taken from him or that he lost, you know, via shady stuff, whatever. That is your opinion. That is your right to protest that peacefully. But when you do something stupid and you try to do something to the degree of terrorism, of trying to over, you know, whatever it is you were planning on doing, whatever they were thinking, and breaking into a Capitol building and a state building while there is business being done to in to go through the 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 traditions and the of going through the process of conferring the next president that's where the line is, is like no that's just just stupid beyond the means of any sense of reality and i hope that the people that were there and partook taken it are arrested and charged with any, with a, a series of crimes to the degree that they have to spend time in jail and no pay no, don't even pay fines or actually pay fines to fix property and the, the damages but to spend time in jail for the sheer acts that they did even to the people at my area in my state thinking it's okay to break into the governor's you know mansion area not necessarily get into the house but to get into near the area break you know break the gate open and be able to walk in is just pure stupidity it's not going to change anything your actions are not going to instantly make people change their opinion change their actions and change the outcome of what's going to happen in 13 days at noon we will have a new president of the United States. We will have a change of power. Donald Trump is going to be out as president. You don't have to love it. You don't have to like it. But that's the way it goes. If you don't like it, you had your chance to keep the president, the current president of the United States in office by voting for him. If you want someone to blame for the pure fact that he is no longer president of the United States, Look to your left. Go out. Actually, go out into the crowd, or even go on your Facebook page, your Twitter page. Look up and down your lists of your friends. Look to your left. Look to your right in a crowd, and you'll find you'll see the people that chose their new president. They chose the president of the United States of who's going to be. It is the people? It is your fellow man, your fellow woman? They have chosen. They've spoken. They have chosen their new president. You don't have to like it. You don't have to love it, but you have to live with it because that is how our country works. So that is just my take on what went down 
because obviously you can't ignore what went down. It's in the news. It's on social media and what happened yesterday and what probably is going to be continuing up until the, you know, for the next 13 days, hopefully it gets, you know, doesn't get any worse than what happened yesterday, but it gets better and things quiet down, but it's it with the pandemic going on. I don't know, but, that is just my take. I know I, you know, we don't do politics and stuff like that on here, but you can't ignore what's been going on the TVs and what's been going on in the news. So I just felt like I had to say something as I have the platform to do it. And I just wanted to do that. So if you were with me for that little part, thank you. If you weren't here for that, um, you know, if you feel like, you know, obviously if you're listening on the podcast uh, and you don't like my view of it, I respect your view. You don't have to like my view. You, you can like my view. You don't have to like it. You can respect it. You don't have to respect it. But you know what? If you want, if you leave a comment saying, you know, I, I disagree with your view or is this it's like, okay, you have your view. I have my view. That's it. I don't have to. That's it. But uh, that is going to be it for me, guys. I, I promise I will. Hopefully this is this will be the one and only time I really talk about politics is that that much, because, of course, with everything going on. Actually. Yeah, I think I think that's the only time. But that is going to be it for me, guys. I've got I've literally tapped out. I've given you everything I've got, like like a Wrestle Kingdom main event. I've given you everything I've got. So a little housekeeping before we go. Uh, make sure you guys are liking, subscribing, and following us on all of our social media networks. You can follow us at Facebook on Facebook for all of your wrestling, fantasy football, football content needs, sports needs in general. You can follow us at you can find us on Flex Network, on Facebook, and on Twitter. For your football and fantasy football needs, you can follow us at Flex Network 1. And for the other side of the world, for your wrestling content, which you should be, you should be following us at FlexNet underscore PW Elite. You can find us on YouTube. Just search for Flex Network and the Flex, or sorry, and Flex Network Wrestling. For all of our content. Uh, we are on all of our majors. We are on the major uh, podcast. If you're a podcast, li podcast listener. We are on that. Uh, Spotify. We're on the Apple. We are on pretty much. I would say all, all of the uh, major uh, areas for podcasts. But if we're not somewhere where you get your podcasts. Let us know. We'll get there. So you can take us on the road. And continue to listen to us. But that is going to be it for me, guys. I will see you guys next week. I will be here on the Flex Network for on Wednesday for the Wild Card Weekend recap with my boys Flex Mike and Cowboy Cam as we and also look ahead to Division Weekend, Division Playoff Weekend next week, and then I will be back here next Thursday for another edition of the wrestling week in review show but that's gonna be it for me guys i have given everything for this week all right 
Uh, I am the snowman, and I will see you guys next week. Peace out. Yeah. This has been the Pro Wrestling Week in Review Show. You got some fellow Canadians. But when you're from Calgary. Where's that? Alberta, Canada. A one-way first-class ticket to Larryland. What is it with you folks coming to Florida, stay in your own country? This is the Flex Network. <laughs> this is the Flex Network. Flex on them. Flex on everybody. Why me? Why me? Why me? Don't blame Canada. Blame yourself. Feels like showtime every minute to me. I can't help it. No, 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 no. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Ta-ta for now. We're out of time. Good night on Nitro. The preceding announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Well, you're welcome, Jurassic slap-ass.